the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the best of investing on AM 1220 KDOW, the show that brings you valuable information about real estate, the financial markets, and other economic business of the day. Your host, Edward Brown, is a nationally recognized expert on money and investing who has appeared on CNN and has published numerous articles in national business magazines and newspapers. Now, your host for the best of investing. Edward Brown. Welcome. You're listening to The Best of Investing. I'm your host, Edward Brown, along with my co-host, Mark Hoff of Pacific Private Money. It's just mano y mano today. It is. Yeah. Our phone number is 888-912-1190. Use that number to answer the trivia questions for a five-pack tanning certificate given away during this show. And we're getting into the winter winter weather, so that five-pack tanning certificate will come in handy. Let and, it snow, let, let it snow, snow. <laughs> let it snow. That's right. Getting into Thanksgiving and yeah. Christmas time. Uh, those certificates are not sponsored by the radio station, but by Tan Bella Tanning Salon with two locations in San Francisco and one in Marin. Today's trivia theme is general trivia. And uh, Mark, what have you been up to? Hey, so welcome, Edward. Welcome, everyone listening in uh, to the best of investing. we got some great stuff for you today. We're going to talk a little bit about Bitcoin a little bit later on. I came across the most fantastic article uh, from the Real Estate Guys Radio Network newsletter that I'm going to share with you today. Uh, but I just came back from Las Vegas from the annual American Association of Private Lenders conference. And I thought it noteworthy because, you know, I think we take, you know, Edward, you and I have done 350 shows of the best of investing since August of 2010. And we have a lot of people who, you know, are regular listeners. And but I got to think because we're, you know, weekend radio drive time, people kind of looking through the radio and and maybe listening to us for the first time. First of all, I want to just introduce myself. I'm Mark Honf, president of Pacific Private Money. We are an alternative real estate finance provider. Uh, we used to be called you know, hard money lender, and uh, we don't really like that term anymore. In fact, the, the National Association changed their name from American Association of Hard Money Lenders to American Association of Private oh, Lenders. <laughs> well, you know, and that's a little bit what I wanted to talk about in the first segment today is that um, – uh, our industry, the private lending industry, the the you know now it's uh, more generally called alternative finance provider. Alternative to what? Well, alternative to banks and conventional lenders. We are filling a need, uh, thanks to or no thanks to the Dodd Frank regulations that uh, were put in place after the big recession to try to prevent the predatory lending practices from years ago. Yep. And as a result of those, many of the hard money lenders that used to be lending, you know, prior to 2006, you know, 10, 11, 12 years ago, a lot of them are no longer, in fact, most of them, I, I would say, are no longer in business. And most of the alternative finance providers, aka private lenders, you're going to find today are new since 2008. In fact, 2008 was when Pacific Private Money was founded. And we call it Pacific Private Money because all of the real estate we loans we make, we source our capital 
from private individual investors. And it's all for real estate. And it's all for real estate. We only make real estate secured loans. We only make real estate secured loans at a conservative loan to value. We, we almost never go above 70% loan to value. And we use private capital from, uh, gosh, mostly Bay Area residents. And we have two ways that you can invest. And we'll talk a little bit more about that as the show progresses. But just to give you a, a hint, we have a fund, a debt fund, uh, that if you're a passive investor or you've not invested directly in notes before, you should strongly consider, and we'll uh, give you more information about that later. But we also work with direct note investors, people who um, are sophisticated, have invested in notes before, maybe you're a real estate professional, retired real estate professional, which many of our clients are, and you like to invest in notes, and maybe you haven't uh, heard of us before, uh, but at Pacific Private Money, we've originated uh, nearly 1,300 individual notes uh, in the last nine years with zero losses to any of our investors. So anyway, this past weekend, I was at the American Association of Private Lenders. And so we we are a a legitimate um, business model these days. And I think it's important to note that because I still today run into real estate professionals and mortgage professionals and other people who go, oh, you mean you guys like hard money? Like you know, you make you make seconds to people, uh, you know, in distress, in distress yeah. and stuff like that, which is really what hard money was mostly lending to ten, fifteen years ago. And why? Because the banks were lending to everybody yeah. back then, yeah. and uh, so hard money was kind of relegated to risky land loans and development loans and making seconds to people in financial distress. Well, well, guess what? Those people are still out there looking for money, but that's not who we lend to, at least not at Pacific Private Money. We, we, our business model is not to make loans to people in financial distress. Our business model is to make loans to people in a transaction that might be in distress. But the, most of our borrowers' average FICO score is over 700. So we actually, you know, people come to us for speed and reliability and because they've run out of time uh, from their conventional source. Can you differentiate for the audience the difference between a borrower who's in distress versus a transaction that's in distress. A borrower in distress is someone who's got a low FICO score. Uh, They may, um, you know, literally be out of capital, out of cash, but they have real estate equity. So what they really want is a an equity loan. They, they want you to ignore everything about them, their credit, their income, their financial situation, and just make them a loan based on the equity in the property, in the real estate that they own. And there are still companies that will do that, but far fewer than there were 10 years ago. And we're not fans at Pacific Private Money of making loans like that to a borrower in distress because typically that distressed situation, they just need the money now, but they really have no idea how they're going to pay us back. They don't have what we call an exit strategy. And one of the things that we want to know before we make a loan to you is how are you going to pay us back? Because at Pacific Private Money, we like to make short-term loans. That's really our market niche. We we want we can give you fast, fast, reliable financing. We just would prefer that you pay us back in 12 months, and we want you to have a viable exit. We don't want to foreclose on your home. That's not they call that loan to own, and we're not one of those lenders. And when we get back, uh, then we I would do want you to explain to the audience what a transactional distress is, Absolutely. so that we can. Differentiate the two. Good. Compare right. and contrast, as they used to say in college. That's right. <laughs> I hated those questions. Really? <laughs> <laughs> but you're going to love this one. All yes. right. Here's our first trivia question. Who was the final act at Woodstock? Hmm. So you have to go think about Woodstock, right? What was that, 1969? 
Um, think who, and uh, the first caller with the correct answer, calling 888-912-1190, is going to win that free five-pack tanning certificate, which could be worth over $100, if I'm not mistaken. Nice. So uh, that's our question. Who was the final act at Woodstock? Don't touch that dial. The Best of Investing is going to be right back. For more information on this program, call 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190. Or visit bestofinvesting.com. Now, back to the Best of Investing with your host, Edward Brown. Welcome back to the Best of Investing. Again, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Mark Hahn, president of Pacific Private Money. First trivia question was, who was the final act at Woodstock? I'm going to guess, was it the Rolling Stones? No, that's what I would have thought, too. No, it was Jimi Hendrix. Oh. Jimi Hendrix, yes. Nice. And uh, I want to make a quick mention here uh, for the Transcendence Theater in um, uh, the Luther Burbank Center, uh, we're oh boy, I'm trying to doing two things at once here. Okay, so we actually <laughs> last word. last week we had a special <laughs> trivia contest where yep. we were giving two tickets away oh, for right. the Sunday, December third, seven thirty p.m. Uh, performance. Here was the question: Almost one in seven girls have broken up with a guy because of this. What? And the answer was didn't like his mom. And, uh, oh, that's funny. Yeah, the, the winner was Diane from San Francisco, <laughs> and that's the Congrats. Transcendence Theater. Yeah, uh, Broadway uh, Holiday Spectacular. So that was the uh, special trivia question. That was, that was a special one, uh, yeah. So uh, I don't know if you've ever seen these guys before, but they, the creators of Broadway Under the Stars, mm. uh, they do the, they're going to be doing um, acts from Wicked and White Christmas and Les Miserables. And, oh, cool. Uh, yeah, very, very good. Check them out at broadwayholidayshow.com. That's broadwayholidayshow.com. Show.com. They have performances December 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. Okay. I still can't believe we're in the holiday season. It's like Thanksgiving has completely snuck up on me. I just said, yeah. you know, it's funny because here in California, we had another one of those, you know, the Indian summers where it went from 90 to winter, like yeah. <laughs> overnight. Oh, yeah, we didn't have fall. <laughs> There's no fall. Exactly. Oh, geez. Okay, so, uh, Mark, we wanted to educate the audience between the difference between a Transact, excuse me, a distress borrower, which you already explained, mm-hmm. and now a transaction that's in distress. Right. So what we were talking about at the beginning of the show was the comparing and contrasting how uh, private money lenders or alternative finance providers like Pacific Private Money um, tend to prefer looking for transactional distress versus borrower distress. And 10 years ago, when banks were pretty much making loans to everybody, those in this business uh, were generally making loans to people in financial distress. And we explained how we at Pacific Private Money, we really don't like making loans to people who don't have a viable, reliable way to pay us back. There's usually two ways. In fact, really, there's only two ways, unless they win the lottery. There's really only two ways they're going to pay us back. They're going to sell the property that we make them the loan on. And in cases like that, they're usually buying it to remodel and flip, or they already own it, and they're borrowing money to remodel and then, and then sell it. The second way would be conventional financing. And it's funny, you know, and <laughs> we still get calls from people with 500 credit scores saying, well, you know, my, my exit, the way I'm going to pay you back is I'm going to do credit repair and then get conventional financing and pay you back. And I know from experience that, that just don't happen that often. <laughs> it's a lot harder to do that than most people think. And it can take two to three years yeah, or longer yeah. to do credit repair. Now, I, I do believe credit 
repair works. Yeah. Uh, there's some great companies out there that you should investigate about how to improve your credit score. But it is it does take time and it does take a lot of work, and it's typically not something that you can just turn around. So, a, an example of transactional distress is one that's got to close by next Friday, or the buyer, the borrower who's calling us, is going to lose the deposit that they've got on that property. And that happens all the time. More often than you would believe, they're in contract to purchase property, maybe for investment, maybe because they're going to move into it. And they've got conventional financing lined up. Their broker's got it all set up. and uh, But something happens at the tail end, and it either is going to be delayed for several weeks, or they literally fell out of, uh, f- um, of uh, approval because of something that might have shown up unexpectedly on their credit, or there's all, there's all kinds of reasons. I can sit here for the rest of the show and just talk about, you know, 20 different you know, things that bizarre happen. things that happen. And, and what is a borrower to do? Right. What's a borrower to do? So if you absolutely positively have to close a real estate transaction by next Friday, there is no bank that's going to make you that loan. And that's why companies like Pacific Private Money, uh, those of us in the alternative real estate finance space, exist to take advantage and help clients in need. So that's that's transactional distress. And typically the borrower in those situations has a good FICO, has good income. The property's awesome. I mean, we've rescued some of the most unbelievable deals, uh, and some of the, sometimes the borrowers have 800 FICO scores and gobs of money in the bank, but not enough to close with cash, yeah. and they're reliant on that financing they thought they had lined up, and it, it does happen a lot. So, you know, for more information, um, go check out our website at Pacific Private Money. It's got information about what we do and how we do it. And, of course, it has information on how to contact us by email or by phone. And uh, But, you know, going to the um, that American Association of Private Lending Conference in, in Vegas uh, this past week, it was amazing. It's uh, I've been going there ever since that industry formed. And it's actually a relatively new industry because the industry has really flourished uh, post-Dodd-Frank, post-economic mortgage meltdown and real estate recession. Those of us that have come into this business, we're running legitimate business models. We are not predatory lenders for the most part. There's still what they call bad actors out there. You're always going to find, I don't know where that, that term came from, but it comes up, comes up in finance all the time. Watch out for bad actors. Yeah. Those are the people that you know are still playing that, pre- preying on people's uh, ignorance and and. Uh, practicing predatory lending practices, but but most of the companies today that you will see um, advertising in on the radio, in magazines, and elsewhere are legitimate uh, uh, businesses with legitimate business models. And the the American Association of Private Lenders uh, they had their eighth uh, conference, and I went to the first one. There were seventy five people. Well, this past one in Vegas there was four hundred and seventy five wow. people. Uh, most of them. Uh, companies in this space, many of them new since uh, the Crowdfunding Act of 2013, which kind of broadened the scope of of being able to raise capital privately via the internet, via online through crowdfunding platforms. Um, it's really, you know, the whole industry of alternative lending and alternative investing. Because if you're, you know, if you're a guy with money and you want to learn how to get in on some of those high yields that you can earn on real estate secured notes um, and mortgage pool funds, uh, that's what's called that's that's a practice called uh, alternative invest investment strategies, and it's just it's it's exploding and it's particularly popular today because of the fact that most people are 
thinking that maybe the stock market is nearing a high again and is 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 due for a correction and that real estate prices are pretty high and so I'm talking to people with liquidity who are saying you know what I want to look at a debt structure and we'll talk about that a little bit more when we get back all right here we go to our second trivia question how many planets are between Earth and Sun how many planets Call 888-912-1190 for the first call with the correct answer. You're going to win that tanning certificate, which is worth a five-pack tanning certificate. How many planets are between Earth and Sun? Don't touch that dial. The best of investing will be right back. For more information on this program, call 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190. Or visit bestofinvesting.com. Now, back to the best of investing with your host, Edward Brown. Welcome back to The Best of Investing one more time. I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Mark Hunt, president of Pacific Private Money. Second trivia question, how many planets are between Earth and Sun? I think just one, Mercury, right? No, between Earth and Sun. Between the Earth and the Sun, right. Isn't Mercury between the Earth and the Sun? Uh, but uh, Well, that, oh, that's right. That's one of them. And then the there's other one, one is Venus. Venus? Oh, yeah, oh, two oh okay. Yeah, because I think Mars is the one that's just I, right past I don't past know us. my solar system. <laughs> okay. All right, so okay, the, the next two, question <laughs> is going to be even easier. I know you're going to get this one. Okay. I can't strike out. <laughs> yeah, no, you can't strike out. Okay. And, and in fact, if you if you hit one out of three, that's 333. That'll get you in the Hall of Fame. That's right. Okay. So uh, we were teasing the audience in the beginning about Bitcoin. That's right. So before we get back to talking about debt funds, and we'll come back in the next segment and, and, and talk about about uh, alternative investment strategies and debt funds and how they work. But before we get into that, in this section, I want to share with you this, what I thought was a really great article written uh, by uh, the real estate guys. You may, uh, might have heard them on, uh, uh, they have a real estate investment talk show. Uh, if you haven't, I, I think they're podcasting now. They used to be live on the radio, and I think certain stations, in fact, I think this station, KDOW, may still uh, replay their radio shows on Sunday. So check them out, realestateguys.com. I, Russell Helms is uh, someone who taught me a lot about the business uh, uh, before I got into um uh, before I started Pacific Private Money, I actually did a, a bunch of investing with with the real estate real estate guys. And one of my favorite quotes from uh, uh, from Robert Helms is, uh, "You're just one relationship away from an explosion in your business." That's good. That's, That's always true. been one of my favorite ones, yeah. and I believe that because I do a lot of networking mm-hmm. uh, to grow my business, and and uh, uh, most of the significant growth in my company, Pacific Private Money, has been made uh, thanks to you know meeting you know just that one guy yeah. at that one event. And I think I said. Uh, Russell Helms. It's Robert Helms and Russell Gray of the Real Estate Guys. I want to make sure I give them the appropriate, but uh, 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 kudos on this article. So here, uh, they started out the article was, is Bitcoin going to crash like tech stocks and housing did? Hmm. And so it goes to talk about, well, the first sentence after that is not necessarily Though we wouldn't be surprised, kind of hedging the bets on that. So one, you know, right? the price of anything is always the direct result of supply yeah. and demand, yeah. with capacity to pay. Of course, you, yeah. you know, if you want something, you know, but you can't pay for it, you can't sure. have it. And when demand exceeds supply, prices are likely to get bid up. You know, and if you add capacity to pay to a demand, that's that's overwhelming supply. Prices can go up hyperbolically, which seems to be happening with Bitcoin lately. And, and is Bitcoin 
there's only so much supply. Well, that's what they say. I mean, and, and again, you know, I don't know enough about know the underlying either, structure yeah. of, of how Bitcoin and it works to, to know that. But I think it's like 21 million Bitcoin is the cap. So it's, okay. it supposedly is a is a finite supply. But so bubbles form when enthusiasm for a particular asset causes bidders to cross over from buying fundamentals to buying yeah. momentum. Gotcha. Yeah. And and we all remember uh, what happened. So fundamentals versus momentum. You know, what happened when uh, tech stocks first came out in the 90s? And there was this, remember the talk about, oh, it's a new economy. Oh, and yeah, those fundamentals yeah. don't apply anymore. Uh, the, you know, it was old-fashioned concepts like uh, revenue and profit fell by the wayside. Yeah. So we know what happened to tech stocks. Uh, ultimately, the bottom fell out. People realized there was no there there. And, yeah. and a lot of... A lot of people lost a lot of money, or hopefully they were only you know they were playing with you know house money or play yeah. money and <laughs> yeah. and didn't get hurt too bad like like you and I did. I just I I didn't yeah. have a whole lot of exposure and there, but I played around either. a little bit. No, but yeah, but I know some people. Who I had less than ten thousand dollars uh, you know in tech stocks gotcha. at that time, and they were soon worth about twenty five cents the whole yeah. <laughs> the yeah. whole portfolio. Yeah, yeah. real estate. Uh, the real estate bubble was similar, of course, but a little bit different. Yeah. Uh, with real estate prices in the early two thousands, the price boom was fueled almost exclusively by debt specifically mortgage-backed securities. Uh, and we know what happened there. Uh, you know, all the uh, cheap money that was fueled uh, from Wall Street, uh, because of that, Main Street was buying real estate without regard to their own income or the rental income of the property. All that mattered was prices were going up in yeah. real estate. And remember, people yeah. were saying, well, they're not making any more land. Yeah. Just like yeah, so with true. the tech bubble, it was this is a new economy. The old fundamentals don't apply with real estate as they're not making any more land. So prices are going to continue to go up. Well, all was good until it wasn't. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so we get to Bitcoin and, uh, you know, in the real estate guys uh, uh, newsletter here, they say we're the first to admit we've missed out on the Bitcoin boom so far. And, and so I will far, say the same yeah. thing. Yeah, I have yeah, sure. yet to buy a, a Bitcoin. Um, when we first heard of Bitcoin, it didn't make sense to us because it was being presented as a currency, yeah. a medium of exchange, a way to buy and sell things. But of course, today, almost no one is using Bitcoin as a currency any more than people still use gold as a currency. See, that's where... And I, Bitcoin, yeah. like gold, has no earnings. Yeah, yeah there's right? no dividends paying on it. Or, is that and, so, the, and, yeah, so, and so, right, just as we don't yeah. consider gold an investment but rather a place to store wealth outside the dollar, we don't think of Bitcoin as an investment either. So also, I always thought about this with gold is, I mean, they don't really use gold that much, like in teeth or anything like that. So it doesn't right. have any real utility per se. Although because it exists in a form that's finite, it does have intrinsic value. But. But there's a lot of things that only have. I mean, there is so much. Oh, there's only so much dirt on the earth, too, right? And sand on the beach, you know. But the thing is, it's like I understand it's used for money. Gold is because you can. It's pliable. You know, it's somewhat hard, but it's soft enough that you can create coins with it, um, and it's pretty. You know, like diamonds, right? I mean, diamonds can cut, but they have a lot of things that can cut glass and, yeah. and other things. So it, it's, it's again, you know, Bitcoin, just like the tulip bulbs, and just like if you and I decide, hey, you know what, let's just create our own currency. Yeah. So the article goes on to say that uh, here they mention it's, a well known, it's well known that the supply of Bitcoin is allegedly limited to only 21 million Bitcoins, but we have no idea how anyone could verify this. We're admittedly mm -hmm. ignorant. Um, 
And, and so here, take a look Good at point. the Bitcoin chart above, which you can't see because you're in the, you know, you're listening on the radio. <laughs> it, uh, but you know, it, it, you know, you could buy it. 10 years ago for 100 bucks and today it's worth over $7,000 per bitcoin. So it seems apparent that something happened in the last few months to create a huge demand. And so now everyone's seeing that bitcoin is going up for whatever reason and they all get in to ride or chase but, the wave. But, but uh, again, the danger, and they, I think they correctly pointed it out, if nobody's really using it as a form of currency, then... What's its value? What is I mean, right? I know it's my, really you know, when scary. my kid was four years old, he painted only so many paintings too. Right, right. So again, this is not a, uh, an article. They're, they're you know they're being you know pretty good not to bash uh, uh, Bitcoin or call you stupid for for investing in it uh, because there's no way that we know of besides the price action to really know what the Bitcoin supply and demand numbers are. It seems dangerous to go all in with real money. Well, Remember, just because it's going up doesn't make it safe. Exa- yeah, yeah, exactly. The, well, the people who bought it for 100 yeah. if they sold for 7000 my yeah. my hat is off to them. So they say if you have some money to throw away, then, uh, you know, Send some play money. You know, we've <laughs> certainly blown money on less interesting things, they go to say. So yeah, that's true. anyway, buyer beware. We, don't, we have no idea what Bitcoin is and why it's going up and... Uh, I don't know. I know. I just say, just I, I'd be, I'd be watchful. Is watchful. What I'd be. That's All right. Here's our third trivia question. Mark will get this. I guarantee it. <laughs> In Greek mythology, what name was given to the race of one-eyed giants? What do you call a one-eyed giant in Greek mythology? All right. Uh, call 888-912-1190 to make sure you got the right one. And Mark has the right answer. I know it. He's looking at my notes. I, I wrote am. it down. <laughs> All right. Don't touch that dial. The best of investing. I'll be right back. For more information on this program, call 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190. Or visit bestofinvesting.com. Now, back to the Best of Investing with your host, Edward Brown. Welcome back to the Best of Investing. Again, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Mark Hunt, president of Pacific Private Money. Here was our third trivia question. Mark jumping up and down the whole time. I know Because he knew. He knows it. <laughs> In Greek mythology, what name was given to the race of one-eyed giants? Cyclops. Cyclops. That is correct. Yes. Okay. So, Mark, um, tell us a little bit about your fund. And you also have an additional website for those who don't qualify for the fund. So let's kind of go back full circle to what we started talking about a little bit earlier about how uh, companies like Pacific Private Money are in the alternative finance space. We make uh, real estate loans, but we're alternative to banks and conventional lenders because of our ability to really look at a, a loan request holistically and make a you know, I mean, we we listen to the call. You know, our gut tells us whether you know it's a go, no go. Take it to the next level and start collecting the information to verify that it is in fact what the borrower or the broker calling us says it is. Uh, and when we say holistic, it means that we can take a look at all kinds of factors as to whether or not we want to make that loan. Think of it as like what banks used to be like sixty years ago. When you'd walk into your bank, talk to your local banker, you knew who he was, he knew who you were, you told him the story, and if you liked the story and believed you could pay him back, he'd probably make you. Alone, where uh, George Bailey was, well, Mr. Potter, I, oh, I, give me a loan. Okay, <laughs> that's yeah, right. Yeah. And so, those are the types of loans we make: uh, loans that can be made quickly, reliably, saving a transaction or providing them an opportunity they would otherwise not be able to take advantage of, and then they pay us back. The average loan that Pacific Private Money makes gets paid back in five months. 
It's amazing. Very short we, term. Very yeah, I mean, yeah. we typically write them for twelve, sometimes twenty-four months, but that's the average payback. I mean, it's it's pretty amazing. Or at least that that was that was our uh, experience in twenty seventeen. Well, that really speaks to the accuracy of your underwriting because you're specifically doing loans for short term, yes. and the proof is in the pudding, these people are paying you back short term. Yeah, that, yeah, that's our niche. And again, and there's private lenders out there that will make seven-year, 15-year fully amortized. I mean, there's there's yeah. niches, and uh, there's riches in niches, they say. <laughs> and our niche is we just like to make short-term uh, loans, and we, we promote ourselves as being fast and reliable, and let us save that transaction that looks like it's not going to close because bank financing fell out. So... The capital we use is from private sources, and these private individuals are practicing what's known as an alternative investment strategy. Alternative investments uh, include things like mortgage pool funds. And at Pacific Private Money, we have a mortgage pool fund called the Pacific Private Money Fund. We were very (laughs) clever with that one. Another way to invest in real estate-backed notes is to actually invest directly in those notes. And we also work with investors who prefer uh, a direct notes over a fund. And it really is a preference. Some people prefer to be hands-off and allow the manager, especially if the manager's got a good track record like we do, to go ahead and manage the funds. And there's a, num- there's a number of other uh, reasons you might choose a fund. There's things like you can reinvest your, your earnings if you don't need the income. You can add to your account. There's no early payoff, things like that. A fund uh, is what we call an evergreen investment, meaning you can open up an account and keep it in there as long as you want to and take it out when you have a, you know, a, a liquidity need. Uh, when it comes to investing in a note, uh, people sometimes prefer to invest directly in a note because they can choose the note and the security and the borrower. You could you know, kick the tires, so to speak. But the challenge with that is, is that you have to take the monthly payments even if you don't need the interest income. And if it pays off, you have to take the money. You can't tell the person, no, I'm not taking your your loan payoff and you can't add to it. So it, it you know if it's a hundred thousand dollar note, it's a hundred thousand dollar note, and it's gonna you know it's a twelve month term, and he may pay you back in six months, uh, which is pretty uh, pretty pretty common. Uh, and so whether you're uh, would like to. Uh, participate in alternative investments by investing in a, in a mortgage pool debt fund or in, directly in in note investing. That's something that uh, Edward and I have been calling for years, mortgage investing. Basically investing in, uh, and it's really, technically it's not even investing because you're lending your money secured by real estate. So um, Edward hinted that there's something new. We've got a new website launching, and that's true. We have, uh, uh, it's just gone live last week, and it's called privatemoneyloans.com. And if you're a note investor, if you're one who prefers to invest directly in an individual note, we, are, we have just opened up a marketplace for note investing, and it's called privatemoneyloans.com, privatemoneyloans, plural, dot com. And we just started uploading uh, loans that uh, you can invest in online. Uh, once uh, The first thing you have to do is register. So um, go to the website, go through the registration process. We have to approve of you, uh, uh, but once approved, it's a you know, fairly short approval process, uh, then you are able to uh, securely log in and view 
the real estate notes that we have for sale. Some of them are notes that have already been funded by us and closed and are now paying. So you can buy a seasoned note or some of the notes on there are live fundings, meaning they haven't closed yet, but we're looking for investors who will commit to funding that loan. And you can invest in the entire note or you can invest in fractional interests. And all the information about the, the property and the borrower is available for your review. And of course, course, if you have further questions after reviewing the information, you can call us and speak with one of our underwriters to get uh, to get any other additional. But it's uh, it's it's um, uh, we're not we didn't invent this this uh, this idea for this website. It's actually based on a um, on a on technology that's being successfully used by another uh, private lender in Southern California, who I know very well. And I in fact, I saw him at the um, at the uh, lender conference I went to last week, and he's funded $65 million so far on his website that's based on this so-called groundbreaker technology uh, that allows us to sell notes online. And it's a pretty cool site. you got to check it out, privatemoneyloans.com. Uh, check it out. Now, if, you th- you know, if this is new to you, if the idea of investing in real estate-backed uh, investments is new to you, you're probably better suited for a mortgage pool fund, in which case... you do have to qualify for it. But you do have to qualify for it. Uh, 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 The qualifications for investing in a mortgage pool fund are that you need to be uh, what's known as accredited. You must be an accredited investor. And the definition of an accredited investor is a minimum net worth of $1 million exclusive of the equity in your primary residence. So if you qualify as an accredited investor, and many of you listening are familiar with that term, you've heard that term before, you probably know if you're accredited or not, um, in, to invest in a mortgage pool fund like ours, which we advertise, uh, the rules are if you advertise a, a uh, what's called a 506 Reg D fund, sorry for the, <laughs> the, the, the boring uh, acronym there, but uh, uh, Reg D funds, as they're also known, if you advertise them, uh, you are only able to take in accredited investors. Uh, Crestors must qualify. So again, if that's you and you want more information, please go to our website at Pacific Private Money. Dot com. That's, of course, all one word, PacificPrivateMoney.com. We've got also videos. We've got FAQs. We have all kinds of cool stuff you can check out, resources to help you learn more. We've got uh, past uh, uh, podcasts of our radio show. There's all kinds of stuff at our website. If you hadn't been there for a while, you should go back because we're always adding new stuff. That's PacificPrivateMoney.com. Plus, you do not only webinars, but uh, live in-person uh, Yeah, what's that? Uh, do you... Uh, I don't know if we've set that because of the holiday schedule. I'm not sure we've set up the next live event yet. So we'll have to let you know. Of course, you can always call or email us and say, hey, when's the next live event? So and we're taking the show on the road. We did the first (laughs) road show recently in Walnut Creek and a whole bunch of people came. It was really good. Was it a mountain Mountain view? view. We're going to do Walnut Creek. That's right. Okay, the next one. That's right. We're planning the next one on Walnut Creek. Sorry. Uh, But we haven't set the date yet. Uh, We'll probably do maybe another webinar because it is the holidays, maybe before the end of the year. 
Uh, but we have recorded uh, on our website the last webinar yep. that we did, and that was pretty cool. It went uh, a little bit less than an hour uh, with a lot of meat up front and then some Q&A on the back end uh, with a slide. And so if you uh, want to check that out and kind of do some uh, voyeuristic uh, uh, investments uh, or at least learning on your own, you can go to the website and check that out. All right. Uh, when we come back, we're going to have some closing comments, so don't touch that dial. Stay tuned. You're listening to The Best of Investing. For more information on this program, call 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190. Or visit bestofinvesting.com. Now, back to The Best of Investing with your host, Edward Brown. Welcome back to The Best of Investing. Last time for today, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Mark Hoff. So, Mark, we've been talking about the Pacific Private Money Fund for a little bit, but uh, we haven't told the audience what I know, we've been so remiss, so thank you for staying through the hour with The Best of Investing, and we're going we're gonna to grace you with uh, the rates of return that you can achieve through mortgage investing, whether you invest in a mortgage pool fund, like the Pacific Private Money Fund, or... Or if you elect to invest in individual notes, also known as trust deed investing, investing in trust deeds or individual notes, and you can find individual notes on our new website, privatemoneyloans.com. So in California, the average rate uh, being paid out uh, on mortgage pool funds is anywhere from the mid-sixes to probably the low 8% range. And part of it depends on whether that fund is using leverage to help boost the yield. So at Pacific Private Money Fund, we are a non-leveraged fund outside of a line of credit that we use to close and then pay back down to zero. We're, we're pretty much, for the most part, an unleveraged fund. And we're paying just a tick under 8% and have been fairly consistently for the last four years. We launched the fund four and a half years ago. And the range that we've paid out, and it does do a monthly distribution. So we, we distribute the income monthly. And the reason it fluctuates is because the actual income for that 30-day period is dependent on the portfolio of, of notes in the fund at that time. And because notes pay off, and then we yep. put new notes in the fund, the actual income on a month-to-month basis fluctuates, but it only fluctuates usually within a range of between like 75 and 8.5% fairly consistently. But the, but the um, year-to-date so far, the annualized return that we've provided on the fund is just under 8%. We're probably going to end the year maybe at 79 uh, And that's for the distributed uh, uh, yield, meaning you know, you're an income investor, you're investing money in the fund, you're taking monthly distributions, uh, and then your rate you're being paid is in the high seven. If you're a growth investor, meaning you don't need the distributions, maybe you're investing through your IRA. If you have a self-directed IRA and you're looking for a way to boost the yield in your IRA portfolio, mortgage mortgage pool funds are a great uh, investment strategy, and you don't have to take the distributions. You can allow those uh, earnings monthly to reinvest in the program. Then you get the magic of 12 compounding periods, and usually our uh, growth investors uh, get about a 20 basis point, almost a quarter percent bump in the uh, in the realized be earnings. Over 8%. Yeah, be a little yep. bit. Well, I think last year in, in 16, we're right at 8%. And I think our uh, our compounded yield is just 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 at a little little bit more than 8% year to date. But um, um, and then individual notes are kind of all over the map. It really depends. Uh, most firsts 
are paying uh, between seven and a half and eight and a half percent to the note investor. Uh, and then junior liens, if you want to get a little bit of a boost and you don't mind doing seconds, especially if it's uh, uh, maybe the combined loan to value between the first and second is only 50 or 60 percent of the market value of the property. We like doing those loans, especially if we know that the use of the funds is to remodel the property yeah, so that I can sure. sell it. Uh, we've got an exit strategy there, as we talked about earlier. Uh, in those, uh, you could expect maybe to get uh, uh, between eight and a half and nine and a half, maybe even ten percent. Although a ten percent yield is getting more and more rare in California. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of competition among companies like Pacific Private Money, and um, you know, and, and oftentimes if we quote too high a rate, kind of scares away the borrower. They can just yeah. pick up the phone and call the guy down the street, and who will gladly take it from us and undercut our rate. <laughs> so, so you got to be careful with that. But uh, but on average, you can figure between seven and a half and eight percent uh, expected yield on um, real estate secured notes and real estate secured mortgage pool funds. And for more information, for more information, go to Pacific Private Money. Dot com or call us. We're right here in the Bay Area with a 415 number, 415-883-2150. We've been in real estate for over 30 years and private lending for 10 years in the Bay Area. We lend exclusively in California. Most of our loans are in Northern California. We lend where we know we're your local regional alternative finance experts. Give us a call. Very good. Thanks again for joining me, Mark. Absolutely. My pleasure. Okay. Thoughts for the day. The only thing that hurts harder than a failure is not trying. And if you don't build your dream, someone else will hire you to help them build theirs. That's right. Close your eyes and take that step. It's worth it. I like it. Okay. (laughs) Tune in next week to The Best of Investing. We're going to be giving away more free prizes for answering trivia questions. Thanks for listening. On behalf of our team, I'm Edward Brown. We're wishing you the best of investing. So long. You've been listening to The Best of Investing with Edward Brown. For more information on this program, call 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190. Or visit bestofinvesting.com. And join us again next week for the best of investing on the Bay Area's business leader. AM 1220 KDLW. This radio broadcast is in no way an offer to sell securities except where applicable in states where we are registered or where an exemption or exclusion from such registration exists. Information discussed during this broadcast, whether stock quotes, charts, articles, or any other statement or statements regarding market or other financial information is obtained from sources which... Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.